Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. if you've noticed this or not, but in Hollywood in the last few years, especially, there has been this overwhelming uh, uh, revival, so to speak, or this idea of making money with crazy ideas. Anybody notice that? Hollywood has begun to put real human beings, at least they, they seem to be real human beings, in crazy situations. Like, for example, they these crazy kind of humans they 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 tempt these animals with teeth with claws with the, this absolutely ferocious animals and and they film them while doing this how many of you've seen these types of things on discovery channel or uh, whatever channel that you particularly watch and i want to show you have you seen some of these put the, put some of them up for me uh, shark week anybody ever watch no shark week how many of you seen those crazy people that they call people that actually get down in the water with these things go to the next one here let's show how many of you seen Gator Boys? Anybody? Uh, I'm not advertising for them. I'm, I'm trying to point, prove a point. These people are ridiculous. I, I have a few other adjectives I could use there. They're, they're crazy. I don't understand. Do we have any more? This guy here, he has a problem. I don't claim to be a psychologist, but I act like one most of the time, and I can tell you that he has some issues in his life that he needs to get right with God. Okay. How many of you like snakes? Okay. We're praying for you people. Put your hand down. (laughs) The point of these slides, the point of what I'm trying to explain to you is Hollywood has keyed up on these crazy people that put themselves in terrible situations with real life creatures they actually go to where these things live and they go to their homes and they go into their houses these these lions and these snakes and the dens and they go in there and they they go unprotected and let me if you haven't seen this because you have a life and you don't have time to watch that sort of stuff let me give you a play-by-play of how these sorts of things end on in hollywood they end by people falling all over themselves hurting themselves, running over cameramen, trying to get out of where they are with these animals. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And they're trying to get out of there as quickly as possible so that they don't get eaten alive. Some are so lucky they, they escape with a half inch of their life, and some are not so lucky. How many of you remember the, uh, the, 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 the crocodile guy? The, what was his name? It doesn't matter. Steve Irwin, that's right. Steve, you people don't have a life. Steve Irwin got killed doing this. Some, some escape, some don't escape. And, and it's scary business, but, and I don't know why anyone would want to do this. And on a personal note, let me just throw this out there for those of you who are wondering. As a general rule, I don't do, uh, uh, I don't do animals or get around animals that, that chase me or that could chase me. That's just me. I don't even hunt things that could potentially eat me. I don't bear hunt. I don't cat hunt. I don't whatever hunt something that could potentially chase me down and eat me and my gun jams up. I don't know how you feel about the animal kingdom this morning. 
but I just soon give them the space that they need. You know, there is a balance of nature, and I don't really believe that we ought to mess with that. I think we ought to give them their space. There is a, there is a, a food chain, so to speak. It's, it's the same thing as a menu. And if you're on the menu of something that you're hunting, you have a problem. I just don't understand why you'd put yourself in a condition that they could possibly eat you and do them a favor if they're hungry. It just makes no sense to me. And here, here, here's the message for the day, okay? Stay away from those kinds of things. I don't, stay away from things that can eat you. Let's, just, let's, let's stand and pray. Let's just all go home. That's, that's the big idea. Stay away from things that can eat you. But there seems to be, it seems so obvious to me. I don't understand, like, why we have to talk about that or why other people would put themselves in that kind of condition if they're normal. I think we'd all agree that normal people stay away from these kind of dangerous environments. And these kind of dangerous things in the wild are not to be messed with. And with that in mind, with this healthy, this healthy fear of the things that, are, that we see that can eat us in the wild... We're going to turn to Second Samuel chapter twenty-three and verse twenty to twenty-one in the book of, in the Old Testament. There's there's a book here and there's a story hidden in this this particular verse that I believe that you could have read this a thousand times, but you no doubt could pass over it so easily. But many of us have definitely read this and know the story that I'm going to talk about. But I want us to look at this together. Maybe it's the first time you've heard it. Maybe it's the second or third time. But it's, it's squished in here. And I think God has something for us in this particular verse. Second Samuel chapter 23, verse 20. It says this, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada. That's a good start. A valiant, a valiant fighter of Kabzil performed great exploits. He struck down Moab's two mightiest warriors. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. And he struck down a huge Egyptian, although the Egyptian had a spear in his hand. Benaiah went against him with a club. He snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Now, one biblical account of this reads this way. There was also Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, a valiant warrior of Kabzil. He did many heroic deeds, which included killing two of Moab's mightiest warriors. Another time, he chased down a lion into a pit. Then, despite the snowy and slippery ground around him, he caught the lion and he killed it. Now, if you were to read this in passing, if you're trying to get your, your, your Bible done in a year and you're reading about 100 miles an hour and you're not holding on to anything you're reading, it's hard to catch this. But when you do catch it, when you do slow down enough to hear what this man did, you're like, what in the world? Who in the world? Who is this man? And the second thing I want you to grab about this is that this man was bad. Everybody say he was bad. Now, bad means good. I don't know if you knew that. The verse reads, he whips an Egyptian that had a spear, and all he had was a walking stick. Now, I don't know what neighborhood you grew up in, but where I grew up in Arkansas, that guy was bad. He took away a spear from a guy with only a stick in his hand, and we would say, Benaiah, in my opinion, Benaiah, no doubt, I have no proof of this, but I'm just going to go out there, just go with me for a second. I think that, no doubt, Chuck Norris and Benaiah must have came from the same lineage. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. He's that kind of guy. You got him in your head? A Chuck Norris kind of guy. How many of you know it's not a good idea to pull a trick on Chuck Norris or to flip him on the chin? Anybody know that? 
He's that kind of guy. He's that kind of, uh, of man. I have no proof of that, but go with me. And so nonchalantly reread this verse in the Bible. Oh yeah, and on another day, Benaiah, he chases down a lion into a pit. After he takes away a spear from a guy that's trying to kill him and kills him with a stick. He says, right there sandwiched in this verse, God, God sandwiches this in for us. And we have to really be watching for this to grasp it. And if you're not careful, you'll skip over it. But let's be clear about something. We're not talking about a tame lion here that Benaiah went down into a pit on a snowy day to kill. We're, ta- we're not talking, if there is such a thing as a tame lion, I've never, I don't trust. How many of you know that tame lions kill people? That's that guy in Vegas. They can attack you. They, there's no such thing as a tame lion. It's not a Barnum and Bailey tamer, but it's a lion chaser. Benaiah didn't, didn't exactly have a hunting rifle or a Range Rover that he was hunting with that day. This was one of those wasn't one of those cool game safari type deals where you go out and they have a lion tied up by a tree outside and you go out and pay money and kill it and come home and talk about how dangerous it was and you put it up on your wall and you got kinds of... No, no, no. It wasn't that kind of story. It was the kind of story that he would he risked everything. He risked his life and everything was on the line. He was in it. Everybody say he was in it. Now, I know it's easy for us to read this and to think about Really quickly, just talking about lions. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, lion, and just keep going. But here, and I'm afraid you're going to do that. So here's what I've done. I called the Austin Zoo, and uh, they agreed to bring a lion here today, and they're going to bring it in. Just going to open these back doors back here. They're going to let that lion in here. Just, just let it go. Just take it off. Just take it off the leash. Just let it go. Feel that? Now you know that you know that's not true because I already told you I don't play with that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't get around it. But the point is this: it's easy for us to read about. Uh, yeah, but I went down a pit, lion. You know, whatever. Real lion. Real teeth. Real paws. Real claws. And this man somehow mustered enough courage. Benaiah displays this huge amount of courage and faith as the scripture tells us that he, it doesn't tell us what he was doing necessarily that led up to this. It doesn't tell us where he was going. It doesn't even tell us what he did afterwards, but necessarily, but he decides to go after this lion. And we don't know what the time of day it is. We don't know really what he's planning to do, but the scripture reveals to us that this shocking, courageous action of this man is gutsy. It's gutsy. It's out there. This courage is up there with uh, all the scriptures in the Bible that would, 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 would display courage or display faith. This man has this kind of display. For most people, most normal people, this is a bad idea. The image of a man-eating lion with real claws and real teeth that I just proved to you right there that kind of got your attention. When it goes through your optic nerve of your brain, there's only one thing that your brain spits out to normal people, and that is to run. Everybody say run. Run. Let's establish that. that That's a normal reaction from a normal person. Normal people run from lions. 
normal people run as far and as fast as they can in the opposite direction. And then what happens? The king of the jungle that we know and we have the, the understanding that they can run up to 35 miles an hour and they catch you from behind and they eat you. They eat you and you are a snack, right? Amen. Can I get a good amen right there? But this is not that kind of story. We don't have that kind of detail, unfortunately. However, there must have been a moment. There has got to be a moment. I don't care how much courage. I don't care how much faith. I don't care how much uh, guts this man had, how much Chuck Norris he had in him. He must have had a moment when Benaiah and that lion lock eyes, when he runs into that pit after that lion. And we know that there must have been a moment where his pulse began to, 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 to take off and his pupils begin to dilate and his muscles begin to tense up and the adrenaline starts rushing and his heart starts pounding in his ears and he can't hear anything and it's unbelievable that the lion begins to run away from him. The lion begins to take off through the snow. And, 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 and normal people at this point, church, let me tell you if this happens to you, here's my advice to you. Go ahead and build an altar and begin to offer sacrifice and give God praise. Because he just saved you from a lion. That's a great opportunity to go ahead and give God praise for. But instead, this crazy, uh, courageful man takes off after this lion. It would have been a great time to just say, Thank you, Lord, for protecting my life. The lion's going the opposite direction. That's a good idea. Normal people run. Normal people would thank God for that. He goes after this lion. This lion runs up to 35 miles per hour. He's not even supposed to be able to catch him. They can leap up to 30 feet in a single bound come on somebody there you go again just letting it go over your head 35 miles an hour 30 feet up in a vertical jump realistically Ben Beniah doesn't stand a chance but it doesn't stop him from going after this lion Ben is giving chase to this lion and the lion makes a break for it. He, he runs into his house. He runs into a pit. And Benaiah runs up to the house, the house of the lion, or the lion's house. And he, he can see, no doubt, that this is a moment of truth. That, that yes, he, the lion is out of his sight, but he's at the mouth of this pit. And now he's got some decisions to make. It's one thing to chase it. It's one thing to chase a lion. It's another thing to have one cornered up. It's another thing to catch one. He's been chasing this wild beast, but now he's got some decisions to make. He's at the mouth of a pit, and oh boy, oh boy. Everybody say, oh boy. It's decision time. It's time to make a decision whether or not he's going to go in after this. Now, I don't know if you have any of you have cats in here. This is a lot of participation today, I know, but anybody got cats? I'm not a cat guy. Don't hold it against me. I'm a kind of a dog guy. However, let me say one thing I know about cats. You don't corner cats. How many of you know that to be true? How many of you have ever seen a cat that has been cornered? Anybody ever seen it? I dare you to try to put one in a box. I double dog dare you to try to put a cat in a box. You will come out looking like you have been in a fight with a cat. Cats don't do well when they're cornered. Cats don't do well at all when they're cornered. I'm not talking about a house cat today. I'm talking about a real lion. And this man is about to go into where this thing lives. Benaiah has him cornered. This cat's about 500 pounds, no doubt. What in the world are you doing? What kind of man is this? Now, this brings me to a story. A story about my, my chihuahua dog. Eight pounds. Eight pounds, black and white. It's, it's unbelievable. 
It's awesome. Now, in Arkansas, my wife and I, we used to let him out to do his business, and we let, I let him out one day, and before I let him out, I just opened the door to let him out, not, not even thinking, and out of the corner of my eye, I see about a 75-pound, later on I found out it was a 75-pound uh, 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 hound dog, floppy ears, huge, this thing is huge, and in my mind, I, wasn't, I, I, I didn't have time to save Sammy from this, I didn't have time to rescue him, uh, I felt bad, but instantly my eight pound dog went out into the yard and they met eyeball to eyeball and this little eight pound chihuahua did something that i don't recommend to any eight pound chihuahuas <laughs> he went nuts it shocked me to no end i ran out there to think i'm gonna have to save this dog from suicide and my dog began to bark at him when he did that dog turned on him and began to run and sammy oh my word Sammy began to run about 30 miles an hour, right on the heels of this big hound dog, this big blue healer, I believe is what it was. And he's running after him as fast as he can. He goes across the yard right in front of me. I'm watching all this take place. He runs right in front of me. I wish I'd have had a video camera. And the dog peels across two yards. Sammy, eight-pound chihuahua behind a uh, 75-pound hound dog, right on his heels, nipping at his heels, barking at him, running his business, teaching him a lesson he will never forget. They go out of sight around, around two houses, two, two yards over. They go out of my sight. I'm freaking out and laughing at the same time. I'm thinking, this is it. This is it. Bye, Sam. You're, this is over for you. And I'm laughing at the same time because it's such a huge visual barrier to get over. Like, how, how, is, a, how is an eight-pound chihuahua running? A, you know? All of a sudden, they go out of sight. And the most unbelievable thing happened that I've ever seen. I wish I'd have had it on video camera. I w- it was like in slow motion with music playing behind it. Here comes Sammy round in a corner of a house, way out two yards over. And I'm looking, and he is getting it. Ears back, legs stretched out. They're about that long. Stretch way out. And he is moving. He is running as fast as he can. And all of a sudden, I see him, Big Joe. 75-pound Big Joe, getting it right behind him. As God is my witness, I'm telling you this is true. Something happened when they went out of sight during the chase that either, I don't know if, 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 if Joe must have said to himself, why am I running from an eight-pound chihuahua? I don't, what in the world is wrong with me? If my friends could see me, what would they be thinking right now? Joe, or I don't know, Sammy may have been running after him right on his heels thinking, what in the world am I doing chasing a huge dog that could eat me so easily? I don't know what happened in that particular conversation, but I'm confident it did happen. That they said, what's happening? Something has to change. And so the tables are turned. And why am I chasing this beast, Sammy must have said. And all of a sudden, Joe turns on him and begins to chase him. And I wonder if that's what it wasn't like for Benaiah. If he'd been given chase to this lion and just in the heat of the moment was just courage enough to run after him. And the thing ran from him, so he's chasing it. And now he's at the mouth of the pit. Now he's having this conversation. It's it's been good, you know. I've been chasing this lion. I look like the man. But now I'm about to go into the pit. Now I've got a decision to make. And normal people don't chase 
lions. And in this moment, this must have felt like the crazy, most out of control moment for Benaiah. What in the world have I got myself into? Even, even being there in this moment, what Benaiah doesn't know is, is that God is up to something in this moment. It just seemed like a crazy, out-of-control situation. It just seemed like something that he needed to do. But God is up to something. And God is always up to something in the lives of his people, even when we don't understand what's happening, even when it's most uncomfortable, even when we don't like the situation at all. Here's what I know, and he is what I, I, I have come to preach to you today or to, to, to explain to you today or to give you from God is that God is in the business of strategically positioning you and me in the right place at the right time. God is all about positioning you and me in the right place at the right time. God is so good at getting us where we need to be, even when it doesn't feel like that's where we need to be. Ask Jonah. Here's the catch to this truth about God being able to strategically plant us and position us where we need to be at the right time. Oftentimes, this is a truth of this, oftentimes it feels like the wrong place. Oftentimes it feels like the wrong timing. I mean, you would agree coming face to face with a lion seems like the wrong place. Amen? After all, coming face to face with a lion would seem like the wrong timing. Nothing good can come out of a face-to-face encounter with a lion of 500 pounds. This scenario usually means one thing and one thing only, that death is about to take place and it's not going to be the lion. No way Benaiah was supposed to win the fight against this lion. No way. Odds at Vegas would have been 100 to 1 if not more. But yet, Benaiah, if you will have courage, if you'll take courage in this situation, God has something for your life. The Bible doesn't give us a play-by-play description of what happens in the pit. I wish it would have. But all we know is is that when Ben went in to get the lion... The, when the Bible says that the, the snow must have settled down and the lion is dead and Benaiah comes out alive. Now, I can't think of too many places that I would rather not be than in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. But here's what I know. I know in my heart that God is in the business of strategically positioning you and I in the right place at the right time. God squeezed this verse in this particular chapter. If you would have read this, you would have skipped right over it just like I have a million times. But I believe God has something to say to us in this. And here's what it is. It turns out that killing a lion in a pit looks pretty impressive on a resume to the king of Israel especially when he's looking for a bodyguard. The Bible says that David put Benaiah, after he heard, this, he heard this story, in charge of his bodyguard. After David heard about what had happened, after he saw the courage and heard the courage of Benaiah, what took place in the pit, he says, I can use a man like that. And all of a sudden, this 500-pound problem that Benaiah has been chasing around and trying to kill, after all, it turns into a chase, rather, of a position in the king's administration. All of a sudden, this problem that that Benaiah has been chasing, God turned it into looking like a horrible break, but he turns it into looking like a break of a lifetime. When the king of Israel says, I can use a man like this, 
no doubt, Benaiah wasn't thinking about becoming a bodyguard. Benaiah wasn't thinking about being part of the secret service or trying to get a job when this happens. But let me tell you something. The king of Israel was paying attention, and God was watching, and God understood what was taking place. And understand this. God is in the resume building business. God is in the resume building business. He's interested in creating a resume for you and I and building us up and building up our resume of faith and courage. And God is into the man and the woman building business. He's into building you and I. He's into making us what we need to be. And God always uses the past experiences to prepare us for future opportunities. Always. God wants to build something in us. God wants to create a resume for you and I. And in order for him to do that, he's got to take the past experiences that he has so strategically placed us in to prepare us for the opportunities of our future. But the truth is this. A lot of the times, those those God-given opportunities often come to us disguised as man-eating lions. Can you say amen to that? 500 pounds of sheer terror, real teeth, real claws. And the other side of this mangy line is my God-given destiny. And God has so packaged this opportunity that it looks like a giant lion with teeth and claws that want to take me out. And how I react. God puts me in this position. God sets me up that how I react to this encounter will ultimately determine my destination he puts me in this position. He puts me in this dilemma with a lion. That it's, a, it's really an opportunity, and it's based on how the choices that I make. I have a choice. I can run. That's what normal people do. I have a choice. I can fear. That's what normal people do. Or I can dread. And all those are natural things for me to do. And nobody would blame me for that. Nobody would blame me for running from a lion. Nobody would blame me for running for this opportunity. Or I can become, or we can become, lion chasers. We can become lion chasers. We can chase our God-ordained destiny by seizing our God-ordained opportunity. The problem is they're disguised as lions. They're, dis- they're, they're disguised as 500-pound lions. Our greatest opportunities are many times the scariest lions that we face. Why is that? It's so frustrating. Sometimes God has to make us uncomfortable now so that he can reward us or bless us later. I wish it wasn't that way. I wish they weren't disguised. I wish blessings. I wish promotion. I wish the king wouldn't necessarily have to get his, our, our attention or his attention from us by presenting us with lions of 500 pounds that are really opportunities. But God uses a problem to, 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 to ready Benaiah for his promotion. And God still uses that kind of strategy. God still uses problems that we face to ready us for our promotion. Benaiah, you've been sitting in a pit for a long time. You've been all alone. You've been fighting this thing. You don't have anybody watching you with this. But let me tell you what's about to happen. Words about to get out that you have been face to face with your lion. Words about to get out that you have courageous uh, faith in Jesus Christ and that you're about to come face to face with this. And words about to get out that you were victorious and you're about to be recognized by the king. Now, here's what I don't want to pretend. 
I don't want to pretend to tell you to fight your lion. I don't want to pretend to tell you that, that everything that you come against is, is a 500-pound lion and is trying to destroy you. It is true. And that you need to turn around and stand up to that lion, and that is true. But I don't want to pretend that it's easy. I don't want to pretend that chasing down lions in our lives is just ho-hum. Just, just come here on Sunday morning and just walk out and just, yeah, that's just what we do. No, it's not that way at all. The truth is, part of me wants to play it safe. The truth of this story is part of me wants to let the lion go and pretend that we can coexist and that I can still rise to the greatness that God has for my life. But that's just not true. It's just not true. If you're going to arrive at your God-ordained destiny, it won't be because you played it safe. It won't be because you stopped at the mouth of the pit. It won't be because you've never had come face to face with a lion that has been chasing you down or you've been chasing it. It will be because you took a leap of faith. It will be because you got enough of that lion chasing you around, causing havoc in your family and in your ministry and what God has called you to do. And you turn around on him and you decide to tell him to stop. It's going to be because you had a face-to-face encounter with a 500-pound lion. He decides to go in. No doubt it was a dark place. No doubt it was a dark pit. And that old smelly lion, that old mangy thing, not knowing what the end result was going to be, he goes in there. And then just like us, we go into those, those situations all the time. How many of you know that that's so true? That you have the enemy of your soul that's chasing you, that's harassing you, that wants to bring havoc and conflict, and we have decisions to make. We have choices to make. This happens to us on a daily basis. So he runs in with faith in his hand, a torch of faith in his hand, and God's word is a weapon grabbing, grabbing, these things, grabbing this stupid lion by the mane and that's been tormenting him, and he slays this lion. He takes back his destiny, saying that there's not going to be any more. This is the end. I've had enough. I'm going to conquer you. No more running. No more games. No more running. My calling is higher than being chased around by a lion. But rather, my calling should be a lion chaser. I don't want to fool you. It's a fight. It's a fight. This is not for the faint of heart. Chasing lions, conquering enemies, fighting the enemy of your soul is not fun. It's a fight. It's a fight. It's a real fight. Reaching your God-ordained destiny is not for the weak. It takes courage. It takes fight. It takes faith to stare down the opportunities that look like lions in our life. It gets real, and it gets real, real fast when you're facing a 500-pound financial lion that's threatening to sink you. It gets real fast. It gets real when a 500-pound family problem in your life is growling at you with bad breath face to face and threatens to take out your family. Those are the kind of lions I'm talking about today. A thousand pound heavy issue, health issue like a lion laying in a hospital room, laid up over in the corner, flipping his tail, looking at you, chopping, licking his lips, ready to take you out. That's real. It's a real fight. It's a fight of faith. It's a fight of faith. It's always been a fight of faith. It will always be a fight of faith. But let me tell you something. Those are also the moments where God begins to set the stage for our promotion. Can I get an amen right there? 
And here's what I believe with all of my heart. If we will somehow muster the courage, if we can somehow muster the faith and lean into faith, lean into God's hands, those are the moments that can change the trajectory of our life forever, forever, forever. Many times, I wish it wasn't this way, but it is. The many times the biggest faith risk that we have are the greatest opportunities that we have. Most of us would applaud the lion chasers from the sideline. Most of us would say, yeah, go get them. You can conquer this. And it's so easy when we, when we see others going through this. We talked about this on Wednesday evening. But we applaud lion chasers. We applaud those that keep coming to church even though you got a bad diagnosis from the doctor. We say, go get them. Don't let the enemy destroy you. Am I telling the truth? We applaud those people. We stand on the sidelines and say, you can do it. God is for you. I know it looks ugly, and I know it's mean, and I know it's tough, but let me tell you, just keep chasing that lion. Just fight him until you kill him. You just And we cheer from the sideline, but I want to say something to you. Don't we have some lions? Don't we have some things in our lives that are ugly and that are big and that are tough and that, that, that in, in all reality we should run from, we should be afraid of? There's a lot of people that have a lot of regret, and I meet a lot of people that have those regrets. But I, I, find, I find a lot of people that have regret of action, which is just, I wish I'd have done something. Or I wish I hadn't done something. Then I find the, the regret most often of inaction. People that, that get to the end of their life and say, man, I wish I'd have done something about that. I wish I would have tried harder. I wish I'd have done this or I wish I'd have done that. Here, here's what I'm here to submit to you today. That when we get to the end of our life, we won't be upset that we, we, we charged and chased after lions. But rather, we're going to have the regret of the lions that we didn't chase at all. That we allowed to hang around the house. That we allowed to hang around our relationships. That we allowed to hang around in our relationship with God. The lions that are intimidating, the lions that put fear and, 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 and cause doubt and unbelief in our heart, that we allow them to lay around. I think we're going to get to the end of our life and realize, I wish I wouldn't have been so paralyzed with fear. I wish I'd have chased that lion down. Lion chasers we find in Scripture are no different than us. There, there's not something special about uh, Chuck Norris slash Beniah. There's, there's nothing special about him. We're just like he is. There's millions of stories in the Bible. That may be an exaggeration. There's a lot of stories in the Bible of, of men and women that had this kind of courage and this kind of faith and that chased down the things that were after to destroy them and their families and their health. There's tons of those. But we're just like they are. I think there's this huge gap of what we think they had and what we think we have. But I've come to tell you today, you can be a lion chaser. You can. You can. Most of them, I find and I believe, they were scared to death just like we are most of the time. They woke up in the middle of the night not knowing what to do next, just like we do some of the times with the lions that are laid up over in the corner that are growling at the end of our bed and, and, and tormenting us and paralyzing us in fear. They know what it's like to have heartburn all day long and popping rollades and popping rollades and going to get... And, and, and can't figure out what's my health problem. I can't, what's my, it's because you've got a lion chasing you and you're stressed out about it. And I'm here to tell you, Benaiah was no different than we are. And here we stand. All of us. All of us have lions. I'm sure they felt like we do most of the time. But, and Sammy felt. We got the devil on the run. We got the big Joe on the run. And then all of a sudden he turns around on us. 
And most of the time, I feel like the lion has me cornered instead of the other way around. And no doubt, Benaiah felt that way. Lion chasers, there, there's lion chasers in this room right now. There's people in this room that have stared down alcoholism. Oh, I know, it's just, it's just a lion. Let me tell you something. You don't know everybody's lion. You don't know what's, what's been after me. You don't know what's been on my trail. You don't know how long I've had it on my trail. There's people in this room. There's people in this room. Let this be a testimony if you find yourself in this condition. There's people in this room that have stared down drug addiction that they were so bound that nobody gave them a chance. It was a 500-pound line against a 60-pound little woman that, that, that was completely strung out on drugs. And everybody said, line got her. But she decided to go down in water. She decided to go into a pit. She decided that enough was enough. She grabbed the mangy. I'm talking about real lion chasers. Now, I know I like to give Benaiah a big hand clap, and he is very much like Chuck Norris, but there are men and women in this house that have chased down lions of, of abuse in their life. That nobody gave them hope. They weren't supposed to do what God called them to do. They weren't supposed to move on to ministry. They weren't supposed to do the things that God had called them to do. They were supposed to be eaten by the lion that had been placed in their life. Let me tell you how they overcame that lion. They didn't get it by coming to church and just playing it safe. You don't kill lions by just being cool. As a matter of fact, you can't be cool and kill a lion. If you look cool while you're killing a lion, you ain't killing him. If your hair's not messed up, if you've got a suit on and nothing happens to you, you ain't trying hard enough. I, I, let, me, uh, this is not, let me preach for a second. I, I think it's me, not you. We, I don't have the. Y'all don't have this. I have this. I think sometimes it's got to be. It's got to be <clears throat> neat. It's got to be in order. Let me tell you something. Sometimes you got to fight a lion. Now I don't know how you see that playing out in your head, but I see absolute chaos. I see absolute biting, scratching, flipping, kicking, ripping. Now, I know. Oh, oh, oh. I know, I got my suit on right now, but I'm telling you about real things in real people's lives that there's no way you're getting out of it unless you get mad at the lion. I feel something. Let me just say something here. I think some people think I'm preaching for emotion. or Yes, absolutely. That's exactly what I'm preaching for. I would to God that I could somehow stir up your heart. I know everybody in here has got a, a mangy old flea-bitten lion that's been following you and your family around. I want to empower you. I want to encourage you to have the faith and to have the courage to come face-to-face -face with that thing that has been intimidating you. You can chase it down. And with the help of Almighty God, you can kill it. You can kill it. You can kill it. 
And then you're going to look back and say, if it had not been for God putting me in that situation, if it would not have been for God putting that line on my case, I would not be where I am right now. My opportunity for promotion would have never come if it had not been for this lion. My opportunity for something new would have never come if God wouldn't have set me up with this lion on my case. Benaiah went on to have a brilliant career, a brilliant career. And in fact, he climbed all the way to the, up the chain of command to become the commander and the chief of Israel's army. And it can all be traced back to where he went into a cave when nobody else was around. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time, it looked, and went in and killed a lion and got the attention of a king. Be careful. Don't curse your encounter with your lion. It could be God setting you up for promotion. I know. I get tired of it too. But be careful. God's setting you up. God's getting ready to promote you. Benaiah's, tri- Benaiah's whole success can be traced back to that death encounter that he had with a man-eating lion. David heard about it, and it furthered his career to promotion. Where the, he, had a, he had a choice to make at the, at the mouth of the, of, the, of the pit. He said, faith or fear, fight or flight. And that's the question that we have today. Benaiah was faced with a choice that would determine his destiny. Should I run away? Everything is telling me to run away. Or do I give chase to this lion? Will I be a lion chaser? The future that God has for me, the future that God has for my ministry, the future that God has for my family, the future that God has for my children, the future that God has for me to do a work for Him has everything to do. It depends on whether or not I'm going to give chase to the things in my life that threaten me. God is in the business of promoting us in the right place at just the right time. He's at just the right place at the right time to position us for a miracle. It's not to harm us. It's not to take us out. It's for us to take courage. And it's for us to over understand that being in a pit looks like a horrible, horrible thing with a lion. Yet God used it to bless and promote one of his own. I wish God would come up with a better way. I really do. But many times our promotions, many times our blessing come in disguise of 500 pounds. Lions. And there's a reason that we're in the situations that we're in today. There's a reason for it. The worst thing in the world is for us to have a 500-pound lion chasing us and us chasing it and us being compounded with the things that come into our life and no reason for it. I'm here to declare to you there is a reason for it. Don't give up on your vision. Don't give up on your dream. Don't let the enemy take the stuff away from you. Don't be intimidated by that thing. When you have done all you can to do, to stand. Stand therefore. Have the courage, have the faith to look at that line, look at that thing that has been tormenting you all of these years. Or maybe it's just for the last few days. Maybe you could testify this week the line has been on my hide all week long. I've been in the pit all week long. I've been listening for years to that low, deep growl in the bottom of a pit for years. He's been intimidating me. He's been paralyzing me. But I've come to tell you something this morning, that you are in the right place. 
You're in the right place. It seems so opposite. It seems like we shouldn't have fear. We shouldn't have lions curled up in the corners of our bedrooms and kitchens and living rooms in our house that we can't seem to get rid of. But I'm telling you, you're in the right place. God wants to help you. God wants to promote you. God wants you to kill the lion. Because God wants to promote you. He has a destiny waiting for you. Don't fear. Don't be afraid. But play to faith. Don't play to fear. Everything within you would say to run. Everything within you would say to give up. I've been serving God long enough. This this lion ought to be dead. I shouldn't be dealing with the same old things I've been dealing with all this time. That's because you hadn't killed the lion. And God would say to you, don't give up. Don't run. Face your lion. Face your fear. Face that thing that's been intimidating you. And see if I don't promote you to a place you never dreamed you'd be. I believe that. I believe that. Here's what I also believe. I believe that I think when David heard about what Benaiah had done, I, I, I can't help but think about David hearing about this man that went into a pit with a lion on a snowy day and he went against all the odds and had the courage and the faith. I can't help but think David went, I, I, I know what that's like. I remember one time I was out on my, my dad's farm and I was tending sheep and a lion. Oh, yeah, just a lion, like a little bitty cat. Little, you know. No, a lion. He knew what it was like. So he said, I killed that lion on my, that came to kill, take away the sheep, that bear that came to take away the sheep. And David says, I like this. The king likes this kind of spirit. The king hears about this kind of faith, this kind of courage in a man, and it reminds him of himself. This is not in the Bible. This is, you don't have to take this. Uh, he had to have thought. I remember a lion coming, to, to on, uh, coming against the sheep I was watching one day. I remember a bear that came against the sheep I was watching one day. And I remember that it served a purpose because even when I thought I was just killing lions, I was just killing bears, there was a promotion that was coming. It was something that was preparing me for all the nation. To be standing on the sidelines looking down when Goliath of Gath would stand before me. And he'd say, hey, I've done this before. I've killed mangy lions like you before, Goliath. I've seen this kind of breath before. I've been around this kind of stink before. And I ain't allowing it. David didn't allow lions to hang around very long. David said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. I don't come to you because I have any power in my own self, but I know who I am. I know I have been called, and I don't have to put up with lions, and so he kills Goliath. And I have to think, I have to think, that that mangy old Goliath that fell that day reminded David of Benaiah. Reminded David, I could use a man like that. You got to get that. That kind of spirit gets gets the king's attention. That kind of courage gets the king's attention. And David hired him to be his secret service. And here's, what, here's a warning. Here's a warning. You know this. The scripture says the enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Now you're here today and say, I don't know what this kid's talking about. He's talking about some lion or something about Austin lion. I don't know what he's talking about, some bad breath or mangy or something. I don't have no lions. Well, God bless your heart. 
may the Lord bless you and keep you. But some of us have some lions. Some of us have some things that want to kill us and take us out and keep us from our destiny and keep us from our promotion. Now let me, for all of you that don't have one on your hide, let me remind you of what I just read to you. The enemy of your soul, the Bible says, goes about as a rawr, rawr, that's not a good line, a roaring lion. He ain't just roaring, even though roaring is supposed to paralyze the prey. It's supposed to scare the prey to like a, I don't know where it came from, like a deer in headlights look. That's what a roar is supposed to do in the jungle when the lion goes, rawr, the deer goes, you don't know where it's coming from. It paralyzes him, and then the enemy of your soul are the lion attacks and destroys. Now, for those of you who don't have lions, you do. Because the enemy of your soul is looking who he may devour. Not, not can, not will, but may. As long as you let him hang around, as long as you keep petting on him, as long as you keep stroking that mane on him and acting like you can coexist with the lions in your life. As long as you keep holding back your destiny because you're not willing to come face to face and admit and be honest with yourself about really killing the lion that's been destroying your life and holding you back all this time until you decide to do that, you're not going to promotion. Until you get real. Until you say... I can't allow this. I can't continue going this direction. I've got to have an encounter. I've got to chase a lion. That sounds so crazy, Josh. Why would you talk about killing lions, chasing lions? Because there's one out there. And he's all on us. And he's seeking. I'm not trying to scare anybody. Let's just get real. Uh, it comes in all forms. Finances, health. Uh, they, the enemy wants to destroy us in any way he can. But until we turn around and pull a Sammy on him and say, in the name of Jesus, I don't have to pull. I don't have to put up with this. I don't have to coexist with something that fe I fear and that's been coming against me. I have a road to be on. And it's a road of destiny. And God has strategically placed me in this trial. God has strategically placed this lion in my path and it's not to kill me and it's not to hurt me but it's to promote me to a place I didn't think I could ever go so the question today is will you have the courage will you have the faith will you lean into God's provision will you lean into God's help and chase your lion don't just chase it I think we're chasing it today we're chasing it every day we get up and say God I want to live for you I want to do what you call me to do I'm not talking necessarily about that. That's your relationship, and you're chasing the lion. But I think we need to turn around and look at some of the lions that's been chasing us. And say, God has not given me the spirit of fear. God has told me to stand and stand, therefore. After I've done everything I can do, stand and see the salvation of God. God has provision for us. God has promotion for us. God has health for us. God has everything that we want and need and we get his attention when we begin to face the lions and get real about the lions in our life. Stand with me right now. All over this room, let's stand together. Here's what I'd ask you to do. I'd ask you to lift up your hands and I'd ask you to be honest. Be honest with your heart. Be honest with yourself and say, God, God, there's things in my heart. There's things that's been chasing after me. 
God, I want to get real with you. God, I've been going through an absolute nightmare. It looks chaotic. It looks like you're so far away. God, the lion and the enemy of our soul has been chasing after us. I've been in the pit all alone, all by myself. I've had to face this horrible, horrible lion. But God, here's what I'm believing for today. I'm believing for favor. I'm believing for help. I'm believing for a spirit of courage and a spirit of faith to so grip our hearts. God, that would stop running. God, nowhere in Scripture do you tell us to run from lions. But God, you've placed this, this beautiful story, though small, though seemingly insignificant. God, it's so powerful that you would place a man in a seemingly out-of-control, chaotic position, God, to, to do nothing but promote him because the king is watching. The king is listening. The king is interested in promotion. The king is interested in helping us and promoting our lives. I thank you for this moment, Lord. I thank you for everyone that's come to this house. God, that has had lions chasing them all week, God, but have decided to turn around and chase the things, God, that seemingly would destroy them, but you're going to give us the power to overcome. You said in your word, God, if we call on you, you would answer. God, you said you would show us things that we know not, that we could have never dreamed would happen. I'm praying for strength. I'm praying for courage. I'm praying for those, God, that have given up on the lions that's been chasing them for years. I'm praying for God them to give it another try. I'm praying, God, they'd stop running. I'm praying they'd run to you. I'm praying, God, that their hope would be in you. Their faith would be in you. God, because you can do anything. You can do anything. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, promotion this week. In the name of Jesus, I want to see a bunch of lions dead when we come into this room next Sunday. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let me tell you what you'd do if you went on a safari and you killed a big old lion that had come near killing you. Let me tell you what you'd do. If you did kill it and you'd stop and have, offer sacrifice and thank God for that before it ate you, what you'd do is you'd cut its head off. You'd bring that head home and you'd tell everybody, hey, try to get me. Try to get me. And you'd put it up on the wall. You'd put it up on the wall as a trophy of what God had so empowered you to kill that was meant to destroy you. God has such a peculiar way of promoting his people. I wish it was different, but it's not. I think we're prepared for it. I think we have some lion chasers in this house that are going to go after what God had called them to do. Clap your hands. Give God a great big praise. I thank you, Lord. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.